The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Ferfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of sweaty balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim my whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. Hello. Hi. <laughs> it's been a long week. I know it has, especially for you. You've been busy. Well, it's yes, and it's all good. It's all good what stuff. What have you been doing? Well, um, a lot. Well, <laughs> explain. <laughs> it's like when I go to my mom, how are you? Fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or well, when I ask my kid, how was your day? Good. What did right. you do? Oh, not much. Right. Well, all right. Uh, you know, what subjects did you do? Ah, uh, math. That's it. That's all you get. (laughs) She's 13, and then she goes into her room and shuts the door, and you go, okay. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, lots of things. Lots of things and lots of very good things. So, but things I can't really talk about right now. One involves, okay, but what I can say, one involves television. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. One involves a potential new book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about that one. Yeah. One involves a, um, which we will talk about, a a web series. Okay. Which is going to be great. And then um, the other involves, oh, well, something I can talk about. Oh. We are actually launching Positively TV. So it is, is, well, Positively TV is where all the media, all our videos, all of our interviews, everything is going to be in one place. Awesome. It's going to be on a platform that is subscription-based where if you want to hear the latest tips and training information, the best pet solutions, great videos, uh, great welfare stories, that kind of stuff, you can subscribe to Positively TV. It will be available just as an app on your phone or you can on your laptop, on your iPad, um, your tablet. And it's going to be awesome. So that's when something that, that we out? are, well, pretty soon, <laughs> actually. Me, you've choked me yes, up. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, pretty soon. I would say within the next couple of weeks. Oh, great. So, yes. Well, I'll tell you a bit more about positive, Positively TV in a future podcast. But it's exciting. So there's a lot of really Fun. good stuff. And, of course, we've <clears> just <throat> had Halloween. Um, well, it's been a while now. But we, but. Recently. The most recent big holiday. Yeah. And, um. Uh, I went trick or treating. How was that? I saw you were. Uh... I I went as Morticia. Oh my God! You're like the perfect Morticia. Morticia. Well, she came out again. Morticia. She came out two years ago for mm-hmm. the um, Dragon Con, and she was like <laughs> she wanted to come out again. So I was like, okay. Mm. So uh, the black wig went on. The whole face was done. The whole dress was on and off. We went and scared little children, oh, giving them candy. Literally, I had a whole load of candy on me. <laughs> And um, we were actually trick-or-treating with some kids mm-hmm. from um, areas of Atlanta where potentially they can't trick-or-treat. Mm-hmm. So we brought them up to our area where they could trick-or-treat. Mm-hmm. So that's why we were there and going around there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I had this huge big bag of candy. And I would go up to little kids as they were walking. I was like, would you like some candy? And, you know, trying to put on my best British accent. And a couple of them would look at me and just, just – 
you know, walk the other way or cry. I didn't realize. Well, here's a woman with a white face, a black dress, and I look like a witch. Oh, yeah. But You're like every them. scary fairy tale they've ever heard. I had Milky Way to give them. I had all of the, I had the great <laughs> chocolate to give them. And um, so, you know, obviously, and some parents looked at me a bit squiffy. Um, a bit what? A bit squiffy, a bit like, hmm, what are you doing? Is Why? that a British word for yes. funny? bit strange. Squiffy. Yeah, oh, bit strange. We learned something today here. Oh, I love good. it. <laughs> yeah. See, now you know how I feel. That usually happens to me without costumes, so welcome to my world. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, that these poor awesome. kids. So, um, but what? Why, the reason why I was saying that is not... Uh, just because I want to talk about Halloween, because it's actually I, I love Halloween and I do love dressing up. I'm still eating candy. You are. Oh, we have so much candy in the house. But it was because of the amount of dogs that I saw being dragged along. Oh, these yeah. poor animals. You know, there are some that actually looked absolutely fine mm-hmm. and wasn't at all. They they did yeah. they couldn't be bothered. They're like I'm out. Look yeah, was, these people. yeah. Well, this is fabulous, getting lots of attention. And there were others that were just painfully fearful as these poor things were getting accosted by ghosts and goblins and ghouls and all these people and weird costumes Mm -hmm. and kind of like that so i just leave your next halloween please leave your dogs at home Mm -hmm. don't you think no absolutely i even Mm -hmm. so my dogs get freaked out when people come to the door yes so like i have to i mean it took them a while they got used to it but used i used to have to put them in a bedroom with tv on because every time the door now we sit outside it was nice we could sit on the front door step so the doorbell would ring they wouldn't lose their minds but the first time they were like oh my god oh my gosh and then I could see them and like the kids would look behind me and you know Barnsley's pretty big cashmere's you know sweet but they would Mm -hmm. their eyes would get really big and they're like dogs I'm like yeah they're okay they're in there you know last year I think cashmere sat outside with us because she's very mellow and Barnsley he was hiding in the closet um but this year, they kind of both just kind of hung inside, but they watched in the window. It was great for them. It was like television. Like, they didn't bark. They just watched all the kids coming up, and I knew they were safe behind a window, and See, so it was fun it's for so them, great. I think. Is it Halloween in the United States is so great. Um, they but, don't do this in England like yeah, this? Well, not as, not as much, I have to say. People dress up. They could dress up in their businesses, things like that, but uh, trick-or-treating is really? not so – no, it's not such a big – uh, celebration, as it were, or a big day, and there's not really a lot of trick or treating. Oh, we should go over there and start something. I we could, know. Come we on. could make millions. Um, <laughs> so, but one dog that I did see was hugely overweight. Oh yeah, hugely overweight. It was a dachshund. Oh, and uh, I can relate. They're short. You can't help yeah. it. <laughs> it was a hot dog. You know, it had a hot yeah. dog outfit on, and uh, you know, and that just got me thinking about. Um, November mm-hmm. and what November is, and there are so many Beginning kind of, of the eat fast. I think Halloween. Is, we were talking about it? this today for everybody. It starts in October, Halloween, and you just don't stop because then you've got Thanksgiving and it's a big eat fest, and then all the holiday parties, and then it doesn't stop till January. It really doesn't. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, our pets get affected. So, mm-hmm. but November, we have a lot of pet-related weeks in November, don't we? Yeah, I am. Um, as a journalist, I am. I did some research, and for the record, you know, you were talking about um, writing a book, and I was like, oh, you should write a book about you like you've had the most interesting life right sort of an autobiography and how you got to where you were and then I start thinking this is all going in my head as you're talking about this well I Holly you could write a book you've done a lot of stuff yeah but what would it be called well I don't know yeah 
the name of my autobiography is going to be I Could Eat. <laughs> That's the name because I was like, I'm always like, yeah, I could eat. Like, I don't say no. Anyway, and then that started me thinking we got into the whole Halloween thing. So, oh, yes, um, I need to watch myself. You but just made me laugh. Uh, we have, there's a bunch. So this is what I found in November. So first of all, November, totally unrelated, is Manatee Awareness Month. I just thought it was very cool that we have that because, you know, it's they're very cool. And if you look at oh, them, they're gosh. almost like big dogs or like oh, elephants type things. They're so but, beautiful. Um, but it is, which I love, ASPCA Adopt a Senior Pet Month. Mm-hmm. And you know about that. You, mm-hmm. you Didn't you do some work with Yeah, them? I volunteered with the ASPCA when I lived in New York and Manhattan. And that was during 9-11, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was uh, the aftermath of 9-11. Right. Where I worked at the Family Assistance Center with the therapy dogs, putting them on oh. therapy dogs on the boat that would go down with the victims' families to ground zero. It was... It was unbelievable. Wow. It kind of cemented my whole love of dogs even more and just thinking mm-hmm. that these are incredible animals to be providing comfort at such a distressing time. So that was um, that was my experience with the ASPCA. And I love that they have Adopt a Senior Pet Month. And if you don't know about this website, I think you know somebody for my birthday a couple of years ago gave me a present. It was a book called Susie's Senior Dogs. If you don't know it, S-U-S-I-E apostrophe S. And they have an Instagram page, and I think they have a Facebook page. But the book, when you buy the book, proceeds go to charity. And the brief story is it was a guy lived in New York City. Every day would walk to and from work, and there would be with brownstone. And this little old dog would sit on the step every day. You would see him going to work and coming back. And then eventually, the more he saw him, he would start petting the dog and talking to the dog. And one day, the dog's owner came out. was an older gentleman. And I think he was moving to a senior facility or a nursing home that couldn't take dogs. And he's like, I don't want to do with my dog. He's like, would you like her? I noticed that you love the dog or whatever. He's like, what am I going to do with the dog or this? And his girlfriend's like, are you crazy? But he's like, what, what's going to happen to the dog? So he took in. Susie, who was a senior dog. I think she was like 16 or something, Hmm. I mean, little. And she was wonderful for a couple of years and they just fell in love with her and they realized how many senior dogs needed homes and they they quit their jobs I think and they started this rescue seniors Susie's senior dogs and they just rescue and rehome senior dogs and I have a friend Tyrone Edwards who used to be a photographer at CNN who I absolutely adore and he started doing this he uh he took in a dog who was 15 he was a uh, um uh what's the dog that Sean likes the beautiful um, the Burmese yeah mountain the Burmese mountain dog okay and um, he took in one of those who was 15 he only had him for like nine months because he'd already had cancer and he was having mm. seizures but you know what he mm. was in a shelter mm. and so he's like you know what at least live out your days yes. in a warm comfortable yes. place and so I love people who do that who who do it so adopt a I senior do well that, that's very important and um, if you want to find more about senior pets and just if you've got a senior pet yourself and you want mm-hmm. to find out more about their care how to look after them or you're thinking of adopting a senior pet I really advise you to go on this wonderful website it's the Grey Muzzle Organization and they ha- mm. help homeless senior dogs by providing funding and resources to animal welfare organizations Great. and you can find out more about them by going to graymuzzle.org I love them they're in an amazing organization so if you have any questions about senior pets or you need any advice or you're thinking of adopting go to that that's great. I love it. And then also November's National Pet Cancer Awareness Month, which you know is very important to me because one of, of my dogs has cancer. And the other dog, believe it or not, had melanoma on his foot. But the doctor says it's it benign. It wasn't a melanoma? Uh-huh. But wow. they said it sounded worse than it was, and it was okay. benign, and that the margins were clear. So I don't know what Oof. that means, but I need to get the name of the melanoma so I can do more research. Okay. But um, the one thing I just, you know, me, this is my little... 
my little uh, flag waving thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, because the only re- reason I knew that something was wrong with cashmere, uh, she was acting weird and it was signs of pain. And I had just known about pain. Plus then, you know, I Google like everyone else does. And that's when I knew to take her to the vet. And that's when we found out she had to have emergency surgery because her cecum had burst and that was cancerous and it had seeded and all that stuff. But um, I looked up and it says the signs of pain are anxiety, agitation, vocalization, trembling, restlessness, and increased breathing rate. And the reason I know this is because Cashmere did that. She was panting, mm-hmm. grimacing, mm-hmm. and she would shiver every once mm-hmm. in a while. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, God, that's not good. But then they said there's some more subtle signs, so an increased heart rate, if you get close to your dog and can tell, reduced appetite, they don't eat as much, depression or reluctance to move. And she also was reluctance to move. She didn't want to walk around. Obviously, she was having pain. Yeah. But, you know, we don't think of that because dogs are so good at concealing so pain. So good at concealing. Well, I have an old dog, so yeah. I'm, I'm very attuned to her. She's on medication for pain on different various therapies because she has arthritis and mm-hmm. Um, and you know, right now she's 15, nearly 16 and it's just about keeping Amazing. her comfortable. So yeah, she gets quite, um, yeah, I know when she's feeling a little bit more pain than, um, mm-hmm. at some times, you know, throughout the day than others. So I just, we just manage it, but yeah, yeah. I think it's really important, um, to, to kind of, and it doesn't matter whatever right. age your dog is to know those signs of well, pain. And I'll tell you that if I had not recognize that and rush her to the emergency fat she wouldn't have lived because she was septic mm. and they even thought she was close like they said when I finally got her to the they said they called me in 10 minutes and said we need to do surgery now or she's not going to make it mm. I was like do it do it do whatever you have to do but you know it's because I knew the signs of pain so it's mm, so goodness. important I mean thank goodness for that uh, yeah. thank goodness for that well and because of her cancer was that me sorry that was me that was my phone that's all right like, yeah it's all right we just have various pings and you know that's okay. Telephone's it's a big studio in here. Um, so uh, because of uh, the cancer and all that kind of stuff, she needed to lose weight. Uh, she was overweight. She was, um, well, let's just say she might have been a 9 out of 10 <clears> in the obesity <throat> scale. Yep. Uh, and she was actually 79 pounds. Right. And she should be between, they said, 65 70 max, but probably more close to 65. She's mm-hmm. now 67 pounds mm-hmm. and she's right on target. Yeah. And good. that's because of that. But she, you know, eats very well. And, you know, a whole host of problems can happen when you're an overweight dog. And fighting cancer is harder. You know, cancer feeds off of fat. Yes. And fighting cancer is a lot harder when you're overweight. You know what? That This is a really, really cool and important topic. And it's something that we're going to be covering in our next podcast, everybody, yeah. because um, we're going to talk about overweight dogs. But I'm really excited because we've got, uh, for next week, we've got Travis Brawson. Who's Travis Brawson? Oh. Tell everybody. He was on Greatest American Dog, a show that that I was a judge on, and he actually won Greatest American Dog. It was a show on CBS, goodness, about eight years ago, a bit more than that. Um, But he is also the new host, and she's a trainer now, and he's Mm -hmm. the new host for um, my big fat pet makeover on Animal Planet. And he is going to, we're going to do an interview with him. I'm very excited to have him on. Awesome. Maybe He's I can amazing. get some more tips. Maybe it'll help me. But I know I just have to walk away from the leftover Halloween candy. But hey, look, you know don't what? we all? Don't we all? That's right. um, the other thing as well is that this November it's also um, the what is it? National Shelter Awareness Week, which Ooh, actually we've had, which has been and gone. But it is a um, 
a really important week where we remember those who work in shelters and oh, yeah. who, um, you know, who volunteer and support animal shelters. Hmm. And we just say thank you to them. It's amazing because you know what? That's the hardest job ever. I have a friend, Teresa Schaefer, who I absolutely adore. She works at a shelter. She It's pretty much what she does full time now. She just loves it. She loves dogs. And I said to her, how do you, because, you know, a lot of the dogs get euthanized that aren't adopted, you know, where she is. And um, she's like, it's tough. It really is. I, I, I don't, like, I have attachment issues. I couldn't do it. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way. Like, you know, I see it. <laughs> I know it's terrible, but like a plant will die in the backyard. I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't take care of you. Or I'm sorry, it's the end of the season. You know, like I feel it. It's my yeah. dad would say. Yeah. Uh, what is that? I'm uh, anthrop- anthropomorphizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I do it. But it's it's tough. I mean, and even though she's like, oh, it's okay. You just kind of, it's not. Like, I know you feel it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's uh, and you know, all these people who do volunteer and work in shelters as well. My gosh, my hat's off to them. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of my work has been in shelters yeah. and you, you know, it's, it's tough. It's really tough. So a week where we can just say thank you to those people. Do make it the whole just, month. Why, yeah. do they, why is it only a week? Yeah, Let's we do it in November. The whole year. Okay. I'm good with that. Should we just do the whole year? Let's it's National it. Shelter Appreciation Year. I like it. Yeah? Every year. Every year. We're changing things. <laughs> Perfect. Let's jump right into the Let's Embarrass and Humiliate Holly segment. Open your notebook, sharpen your pencil, and get ready. You're about to attend Victoria's Animal Academy. Okay, I'm hijacking your podcast, our podcast. So we do quizzes, right? Yeah. Like sometimes you give me a quiz, sometimes I, I give you a quiz. That. What, would you give me a quiz? Yeah. I don't. Uh, but um, I give you quizzes. But, you know, you are the animal behaviorist, uh, trainer, expert. I do travel stories. I do travel news, right? So I thought, it's time for you to have, take a step in my world. Oh my so God. you're going to do a quiz about travel and the world oh. and customs and see what I see and learn oh. what I learn. I wish people in here could help me. Nope. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> Okay, here we go. So we're going to go around the world. Come with me. And these are things that you need to know. And you never know. You might find yourself in a situation. This is going to come handy. Like this first question. So while moose hunting in Alaska, what is it illegal to do? While moose hunting in Alaska, it is illegal. I hate moose hunting. It is illegal to... (sighs) Shoot a female... (laughs) No, I wish. I wish it was illegal to shoot. While moose hunting in Alaska, it's illegal to whisper in someone's ear. It is illegal to whisper in someone's ear. I have no idea why. What the? I don't know, but I know this to be true. Get this question. We got more. Oh my gosh. Um, Okay, so what country has no rivers? What country has no rivers? Mm -hmm. That is an amazing question. Mm Mm-hmm. Because now I'm going country by country, all the countries I've been to. I don't know if you've been to this, but think a lot of sand. So, well, then I'm thinking some kind of Middle Eastern country. There you go. Oh, you got to narrow like it down. Jordan. Saudi Arabia. Oh, my gosh. Really close. No rivers. But you're no close. No rivers yes. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. How many active volcanoes does Indonesia have? Quite a few. Well, is this a trick one where no. it says none? 
No. No, it, it does. They've got they've got They're many. 10? 127. Oh, no. Just be careful. Oh, my gosh. Active volcanoes. Oh. <clears throat> okay, so what nation is smaller than New York's Central Park? Um, Liechtenstein. Le- Le- no. No, what I nation that too. is? No, yeah. no, actually, I've been there and it's bigger than that. Is it? I want to go. New York Central Park? Well, that's that, on my list. That's not the Vatican City, is it? Mm-mm. Although that makes sense. It does make sense. Monaco. Oh. Home to 38,000. Is that smaller than Central Park? Monaco is smaller than that. The size. I've been to Monaco. It's home to only 38,000. I have too. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize, but. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, how long is the Great Wall of China in its entirety? Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. I don't know, but Trump's jealous of that wall. Because <laughs> <laughs> he wants a wall exactly like it. 5,500 5, miles now, but uh, it was 13,000 miles at one 13, point, they say. 13,000 miles. So it's say. Well, if they could build it, Trump's lot can build it, can't they? <laughs> how- <laughs> but Mexico will pay. What is one of the... <laughs> She's trying not to get political. We're not getting political on this podcast. It's like opening Pandora's box. It you is, know, it is opening Pandora's. We might have just <clears throat> lost a whole load of listeners just then. So let's talk about Austria. <laughs> and what is one of the most popular sports in Austria? Clogging. Oh, that would be good. But that would be like Holland, don't you think? Yeah. Okay. Well, but, I don't um... know. Can they do that in Austria too? Sure. Do they dance a lot? They have... <laughs> okay, I've been to Austria. I know you've actually sung what is and the down sport? the hill. Competitive, one of the most popular sports. It's competitive finger pulling. Competitive finger pulling. Fact. So uh, this is bizarre. When you turn twenty-five, Holly, and you're, this is like this well, it's is good a to know if you're podcast. in Austria. Okay, finger pulling. It's a dog podcast with a co-host who does travel stories. So please, <laughs> no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I love it, and you know what? I love variety too. <clears throat> That's right. Okay, so when you turn twenty-five and you're unmarried. What do they do in Denmark? <laughs> like they throw you down a hole and say you're you're an old maid. It's actually not bad at 25. Do 30 they tax it's worst. You? Do they tax you or something? They shower you with cinnamon. It's not bad. What? Cinnamon. I think that's bad. But when you turn 30, it's worse. They throw Why? black pepper on you. Are you kidding? I guess. Is that men as well as women? Or is that just yeah, women? just 25. No, just 25. Wow. Mm-hmm. They're well, serious. Either that or I would have hungry. had cinnamon put on me, <laughs> but not black pepper. Okay, so now we know that uh, competitive finger pulling is popular in Austria. What is one of the most popular sports in Finland? Well, of course, I've been to Finland, too. Mm. It's, uh, Did you see any of this? It dates back to the 19th century. Mm. It's going to be something random and bizarre, isn't it? Sure, of course. It's oh, me. Oh, God. It's like competitive meat eating or something. Close. Competitive wife carrying. Wife carrying. <laughs> oh, I was like, you got you, you to gotta choose wisely <laughs> if you live there because otherwise... You would never win. If you've win. got a hefty Helga, you're not going to. Oh, that's no <laughs> Bless good. Bless her heart. Oh, okay, dear. so um, what do they do for their buried loved ones in Rome? I want to be buried in Rome. Well, no, they put them. Uh, they put them in a in a vault, don't they? Well, and they don't bury them in the ground. They put them in a. Well, after well, they, after they're buried and they're gone, what do they do? Oh, uh, do they party? Do they have a Close. celebration? Yeah, do they have this, a party? I want to be buried there. They feed them wine. 
So here, the graves contain pipes through which the kin of the deceased can pour honey, wine, and other food items into their grave in the Roman burial grounds. Really? I want to be buried there. Wow. I would like a Cabernet. You'd be so happy there. Are you kidding me? You'd be like a A real good Cabernet, I'm good. Oh, my God. (laughs) be like, Holly, I'm going to bury you there and then just feed your wine. You heard that, please. (laughs) In some parts of Spain, they have a tradition to keep the devil at bay. Men dress as the devil and do what? Fart. <laughs> Dance. That would I don't be brilliant. Know. Close. They jump over babies who are laid down on mattresses along the street. Oh God, this is so weird. I hope they block the streets. You off, know, though. I think that's why I like dogs so much because humans are so weird. In Spain, they hold a huge fight where they throw what at each other? Paint. Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Because. Yeah, because snowballs are so last year. Oh, my God. It is traditional for brides in China to do what for a month before the wedding? (laughs) This one cracked me up because I'm like, just don't get married. This is to do what? For a month before the wedding. Oh, I don't know. I could get rude here. I don't know. Cry. Cry? It's called blubbing. (laughs) I guess it beats crying for a month after the wedding, right? So you get all your blubbing out so you don't blub on the day. I guess. And then you don't blub afterwards when it's such a shock when you realize, <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so in Tenerife, which is a Spanish island off Africa, uh, what do they bury during Advent and Lent? Bread. Close. A sardine. Oh. Well, and they yeah, all it's wear... It's not bad. It's food, isn't they it? They all wear black and they do a funeral procession and then oh. they bury a sardine. Mm-hmm. When so kids <clears throat> when kids lose teeth in Greece, what do they do? This is really weird. I guess you're going to have to walk around and duck. They throw them? Yeah, on their roofs. Do they? Mm-hmm. Do for the tooth fairy to come and get them? So they don't... Oh, maybe oh. that's better. And then putting it under your pillow. Yeah, and exactly. It. And re- knowing that a creepy <clears throat> fairy is going to come into Let me your tell room you, and take your tooth. If any alien came down to our country and like just tried to figure us out, think about all the parents. They would they would think we were some kind of monsters. Because, you know, we all have teeth and hair, right? <sighs> you have your daughter's first haircut and you save her. My parents said to me, look, look at all this stuff. And they have my teeth. I'm like, what What, what do I want with my teeth? That's disgusting. And they keep them in a Ziploc. Like, yeah. what? No, we, we keep Alex's teeth. What are you going to do with it? Uh, I had she... my teeth when I was little. What do you, why? I don't, my mother kept my teeth. I guess it's like keeping a shrunken head. Yeah, I have no idea. So bizarre I really we are. Want... It is bizarre, isn't it? I don't really want my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> if you're invited to dinner in Chile, what should you always do? You should always burp. <laughs> no, don't no, do that. That's Arabia, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's Japan, I think. No, it's a, it's, oh, a, it's it? an Arab <clears throat> custom. Oh. oh, you're right. So, uh, well, Middle Eastern custom. But in Chile, uh, arrive late. Oh. So if they say 8 p.m., it means 8:15. Showing up on time is considered rude. Yeah, it's kind of like England, actually. It's, really? We call it fashionably late. See, being fashionably late, which is around uh, 10 to 15 minutes after, you're never on time. Tell Sean that because we never. call it fur for time. Perfect. Oh, no, that's much better. I'm always 10, 15 minutes late to everything. I can't help it. Maybe it's just I'm just more polite. No, you know what? Yes, I think you are. There you go. You've got a great excuse. You never turn up on time at something. And you never turn up early. That's the height of rudeness. I love that. Well, uh, all right. uh, Last one. I'm learning so much. I know. This is great. Quite bizarre. Well, we actually have two more. I can give you two more. Uh, How do you tell your hosts in India and Japan you've enjoyed your meal? Oh, is that the, the uh, last? No. Um, 
you thank them. I don't know. Finish you... everything on your plate. Oh, God, that'd be terrible. It's rude not to. But oh. if you're in China, it's rude to finish it all because it implies your host didn't feed, feed you, you enough. Feed you enough. Mm-hmm. And here wow. you go. Here's the answer that you were, we were looking for. In some Inuit cultures in Canada, how do you tell a chef you've enjoyed the meal? You burp. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? The other end. Oh, you oh, you do. You emit gas. You fart. What? That was it. That I was just it. wanted you to say the word because when I say it's fart, when you say it, you fart. It sounds so polite and lovely. Like, oh, excuse me. I think I've just farted. And everyone goes, oh, that's lovely. Okay. So did you learn something? I did. I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot of very useless information, but it's good information. I learned I want to be married in Rome. Yeah. Buried in Rome. Yeah. Not married. Married in China. Yeah. Buried in Rome. Well, maybe when we're completely old and then, you know, just a little bit googly. We'll go out there and live there and then... And here's the other thing. Poor Sean, my husband is screwed. And Van, your husband's got it easy because with that competitive wife carrying, like he's going to look at me like it's like carrying, you know, like a Russian potato picker. (laughs) And with you, he's like, I've got a toothpick over here. Like he'd be the finish line in no time flat. You are so terrible. Anyway, well done. Well, thank you. I hope everybody enjoyed that. Um, Or at least now you know that uh, when you go to Canada, drink a soda, a can of soda first before dinner with an Inuit who's serving you a meal. Hey, you got something on your mind? Are you a wizard or genius? How do they make a miniature? I mean, is there some way, some process they they physically miniaturize the dog or is it a puppy or what, what the devil is going on? That's a really good question. I've got my work cut out for me here. Next time you want to know something, can you repeat the question? Why don't you ask Victoria? She's the expert with this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, You obviously don't know my dog. Just ask Victoria. You know, a well-trained dog is a dog that can go anywhere with you, from walking paths to mountain peaks and everything in between. Exploring the world together is one of the most fun parts of being a dog owner. That's why Zoom's created a line of delicious, healthy, natural training dog treats to fuel life's adventures. They're made with Earth's best ingredients in trail-tested recipes dogs love, like peanut butter, salmon, even chicken and chickpea. Check out their entire line of dog treats and more at zooks.com. And instead of sit and stay, let's go. All right. Here's the time that we quiz Victoria. All things Victoria. We pick her brain and we take her knowledge and we make our lives better. Like how I did that? That was pretty good. Okay, let's start with Sean in Arkansas. And Sean says, Victoria, we have an 11-week-old pup who's training basics beautifully, such as sit, stay, and leave. However, there's two issues that we have. We are puppy pad training because he's not allowed outside yet, and he does that beautifully during the day, but when it's bedtime, he goes where he likes. How can I train him to use the pad when I'm asleep? The second problem is that he is mouthing a lot. So I guess chewing, yeah? Uh, We've tried the techniques we've seen you use on It's Me or the Dog, but nothing works. Any ideas? How old is the puppy again? 11 weeks. Oh, 11 weeks. It's a baby, baby. It's a baby. Tiny, tiny. At night time... Uh, you have to, I don't know where is the puppy sleeping at night time. It doesn't say. It just says when it's bedtime. Okay, well, when it's bedtime. Um, he goes where he likes, so apparently he's got free reign with yeah, bedtime. He's not being created. That's what I'm thinking. He needs to be in probably a puppy pen. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be, so, so what I do, he's only 11 weeks old. Oh, bless his heart. Uh, and 
I, I don't know how long they've actually had him. You know, did they get him, I suppose, eight weeks, probably? So they've had him for three weeks, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is what you need to do. Um, you need to, when you can't supervise puppy, if you purchase, like, uh, either a crate or a puppy pen, and you can put the crate inside the puppy pen, too, and the crate door can be open, and then the puppy pen is just lined with pads. And that's where puppy goes any time that you are not able to supervise that puppy 24-7. So at night time, if you want puppy to sleep in your room, that whole area, you set up that crate that's open and then you've got the puppy pads um, surrounded by this puppy fence that can be up in your room too. Um, and you line everything with pads and then every week or even every three, four days, you can take a pad away and then you're gradually left with maybe just one or two pads that puppy then knows to go on. Uh, I think that's the way that I, de- I would do it and that's where I've seen success. Um, I think that would be the best thing because, you know, if you give puppy free reign of the house puppy's just gonna go wherever puppy wants and so that if you're asleep and you or just before you go to bed or during your bedtime puppy can be in that area then when you go to bed puppy can be in the crate with the door closed certainly young puppies though they need to go in the middle of the night and that means they would you know, you have to decide whether you're going to wake up in the middle of the night to let your puppy out to pee on the pad or whether you keep the door open so that puppy can come out and just, uh, you know, relieve themselves when they need to because it's really hard for puppies, especially that young, to hold themselves. When they get a little older, then you can keep the door shut all night and you won't have to get up in the middle of the night. But this is all going to help your pup become better paper trained. And then, of course, when you are transitioning from paper training inside the house to being outside, you take a piece of soiled pad and you take it outside. So hopefully you can make that transition much easier. But that's what I would do. I would do constant supervision at the times where you think the pup is more likely to go. Okay, good one. Um, I just want to say that I'm very bright and you're much more mysteriously lit and exactly well this is like it's good don't you know that like bright it's like <laughs> i love it when i'm a photographer blow out my wrinkles blow out my do. whatever but I yes look it's just not light it makes you look thinner like here i am in the corner i'm like uh, no 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 actually, uh, that looks much nicer <sighs> all right here's one and i think you need glasses um this is from quinton in the uk quinton says we have a rescue collie about five years old who's literally driving us mad and toward divorce That's an issue. He barks constantly in the car when the car is moving, but not when it's stationary. Uh, He has a piercing bark. At home, he barks at every electrical device, lawnmower, food mixer, fridge, ice machine, postman, and almost every sound he hears. We can cope with home life, but in the car, it's dangerous. It means we can't take him anywhere. So please, can you help us? We're desperate. You know, you've got a collie there, very sound sensitive. Oh. A lot of these dogs are very sound sensitive. It's, it, it sounds to me 
that it's all a bit overstimulating, that every single sound is setting your dog off. And from your dog's point of view, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think your dog actually feels that good about it. And it's not that healthy either. So you deal with it in the home, but what in the car, when dogs are in the car, they see a lot of things going past. It can be a little overwhelming. You know, there's so much whizzing past them. And then, of course, they can become protective in the car or they can just get very stimulated by people moving outside or other cars going past or cyclists or other seeing other dogs or kids running past, that kind of stuff. So what I would do is in the car, I would have a crate in the car and I would put your dog in the crate and I would put a blanket over the crate, not over all of it so that there's still good airflow and I think in that way when you do that your dog won't have the visual stimulation of everything going past also um, if you play some calming music there and if you go to positively positively.com forward slash store you'll see a um, my canine noise phobia series so my calming music there and you would play that as well, that takes care of the sound uh, the, as, as well that the the dogs will the dog hears as it's going in the car. So you're kind of tackling two things, but you've got a collie, sound sensitive dog. There are also such things as doggy earplugs as well. Hmm. The the noises might be too overwhelming, and using these earplugs occasionally, especially at night, can help your dog relax because a lot of these sounds are very overwhelming for animals can any of them be uh desensitized to some of these sounds like maybe it just sounds like anything electric or electronic makes them yeah nervous yeah they can and it would have to be one by one by mm -hmm. one but i i feel like you know if you kind of tackle the general sound sensitivity um then then you know you don't have to go one by one but I do think this is a dog that's just reactive and doesn't understand what these sounds are. We know what they are, but the dog doesn't. So um, I think also for this collie, a lot more mental stimulation games, maybe uh, different forms of exercise will give your collie something else to do. Wear your collie out and um, allow him to problem solve as well. I think that might actually go quite a long way in getting him a little calmer as well but good luck it's a it's a tough one okay this is zita in denmark um and she says i just adopted a street dog and that leads to several issues she's afraid of me mainly when i stand up it's okay if i sit beside her and she squeezes herself against the wall when i enter the room she refuses to walk on a leash She's very afraid of the outside, and the few times I've tried to go outside on the lawn, I have to drag her or carry her, which seems wrong. It all seems to be because of fear. She turns around herself and tries to get out of the strap. How can I gain her trust? Yeah. Good God, that may just take a lot of time, you right? See, I think that is time. Um, street dogs, right? They're street dogs, and you don't know whether this dog has been a street dog all its life or for, for how long i mean you, chances are you don't know its history and and here's the thing you have this dog that if it's been a street dog all its life is not socialized well with people cannot deal with a domestic environment then with the best intentions of the world a rescue group comes along and rescues these street dogs and now these street dogs find themselves in domestic environments close to people and they have no idea. It is overwhelming and it's confining and it's terrifying. Mm. And that's why some of, sometimes the street dogs being rehomed <clears throat> is not the best thing. 
Um, but now you're the dogs in your home. You have to find some way. And I, I do think this is a time thing, and this is taking pressure off. Now, you obviously have to get your dog outside so that your dog can toilet. I don't know whether there is an amazing food, like steak or something, that your dog loves that, you know, only gets when she's outside. It's a female, didn't she say it was a female? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, when she gets when she's outside. And that in that way, you can kind of lure her outside. Um the the whole idea of dragging her picking her up is okay if she's all right with being handled and picked up but it sounds like if she's pressing herself against the wall she doesn't want to be handled at all so try luring with food or what you can do if you don't want to be part of that you just put little bits of food and uh, make it so that it goes out of the back door into your garden so that or your yard so that your dog kind of has to follow where all the food bits are and eventually goes outside like that and maybe make that a little bit more of a game it's a tough one with these dogs i'm i'm all for rescue um but and i'm also i don't like seeing dogs on the street but when a dog's had such a long time on the street and some dogs doing absolutely fine existing there it's it's hard for them to make that transition to domestic life and is it fair some dogs are going to be able to adapt and cope and others are just not. That's the difficulty with it, Holly. Gotcha. Um, and and I, my, my whole reaction too is time. You know, I have a friend who just adopted a, uh, a rescue and she's very skittish. She was very abused and she's got two other dogs and this dog loves the other two dogs. Um, she, you know, this, this dog, they renamed her Olive. She plays with the other two dogs and she loves being with them, but she's very skittish of humans. And my friend has... She wouldn't get near her, but she would sit on the couch and like just next to her and just put her hand just like right on a part of her and then just not move and just sit there for 30 minutes just with her hand. So she gets used to being in the proximity or just that. And she said she's warming up a little bit to her and she could see that, you know, now she's a little bit more. She doesn't jump when she comes in the room and she'll let her come near her. So, yeah, but it's taken time. It does take time and it it takes a whole lot of patience. And of course, you want to give all the love to this dog. Yet the dog doesn't. That's too much right now. Mm -hmm. So good luck. And thank you for yes. rescuing. Awesome, I know. It's great. All right, let's do one more quick one. Um, Alex from Colorado says, I know the answer to this one because I've gotten admonished by you for this one. Uh, does keeping a dog in the backyard give them all the exercise they need for the day without walks, training, or playing? No. <laughs> all I hear is you in my head going, you must walk your dog. Walk your dog. <laughs> um, no. No. Look, taking your dog out for a walk is not just physical exercise, okay? When your dog sniffs the ground, your dog's catching up on the news of the day or what's happened that night. It's amazing mental stimulation. Even if you're just taking your dog for a short walk or the same place all the time, there's going to be different people that have walked past there. If you live in an urban environment or a suburban environment even, there are going to be other dogs that have walked past and your dog is getting just wonderful information and picking up the news of the day, what's been going on. They don't get that in the backyard. They might get animals coming in. They might get the scent of critters and things like that. But there's no, I mean, 
you can play a lot of ball in the backyard you can do you can play a lot of hiding games great if you've got a backyard like that use it but do give your dog variety and we know and studies have shown that dogs do like most dogs like variety and they get very stimulated by going to new places where they can smell new smells and see new things and hear new sounds and and so yes <laughs> walk your dog walk your dog okay and if you don't she'll give you a pedometer and make you accountable for every step you don't take yes i will i remember i did give you pedometers you gave I? us yep you gave us each one and for the record mine was filled and my husband's was not and he ah. actually tried to pin the 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 pedometer on my dog and play ball with him in the backyard and that didn't work he yeah. is just that's so bad sean that's bad i know well now we have fitbits and all those little callet things that i have you know that you have so you have to uh now you have to be accountable anyway awesome thanks now we're smarter right thanks for tuning in to victoria stillwell's positively podcast for more information visit positively.com Get connected on Facebook and YouTube as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at Victoria S. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively. Positively.